0: This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN+.
1: The more that we learn about human nature and the more that we come to celebrate differences in the workplace, more and more leaders will come to realize that having a, a solid, thoughtful introvert on your team is a tremendous asset and they may look to, to add even more of them as time goes by. Hi, this is Alan Heyman, and you're listening to Hush Loudly on WGN.
0: This is Jerry Bingham. Welcome back to Hush Loudly. We are talking to another interesting guest. His name is Alan Heyman. Let me read a little bit about Alan. He specializes in helping introverts rise into their power and in coaching through transitions, such as the transition from individual contributor to leader, the transition into a larger and more complex role, or the transition into a different career. He brings a warm, open, and energetic presence to his coaching clients. To date, Allen has coached leaders who were born in 16 countries and work on five continents. An expert communicator and engaging speaker, Alan spent more than two decades in public government and nonprofit communications, leading teams from two to more than 100 people who use words and images to inspire positive change in society. Inspired by a career transformation he brought about with the support of an executive coach, Alan decided to become a coach himself. He founded Peaceful Direction in 2019. Allen served as senior leader at D.C. Water and president of its nonprofit spinoff, Blue Drop. He served as the chief of external affairs. He led a nationally recognized rebranding campaign that connected the utility with its customers and reminded them of the value of water in their lives. He launched an aggressive tap water marketing effort that continues to this day, established D.C. Water's social media presence, and expanded the authorities' government relations efforts. He previously was vice president of communications for the Humane Society of the United States. He led a team of more than 100 people in seven departments and three time zones in producing and disseminating hundreds of pieces of content across multiple platforms every month. Prior to his work at DC Water, Allen also held various roles in the government of the district of columbia including agency public information officer mayoral speech writer and legislative staffer earlier in his career alan was a television reporter producer and anchor in his native illinois Allen is a member of the barker adoption foundation board of trustees and the board of directors of the arts and humanities council of montgomery county he's followed a plant-based diet since 2002 Enjoys running half marathons and lives with his family outside of Washington, D.C. He is the son and parent of immigrants to the United States. Welcome, Alan, to Hush Loudly.
1: So glad to be here and thank you for that kind introduction.
0: And also, it doesn't say anything about you having your JD, so, Alan also is a lawyer. So, it's true. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We like lawyers. I love lawyers. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> so, Alan, are you an introvert?
1: I am so an introvert. I was an introvert before I knew what an introvert was.
0: Uh-huh, me too. And when did you realize it, or was there a defining moment, pivotal moment? Tell us about that.
1: You know, I'm sure that when I was in college, or maybe shortly thereafter, I took one of those online versions of the Myers-Briggs that came out in I, and then later on, as I got further into business and leadership and started to become familiar with the work of Susan Kane and others, I really started to understand more about what that was and what it meant in my own life.
0: And how do you feel about us introverts? You are one of us. But uh-huh. what do you think? I mean, and I have to ask this question, since obviously you're dedicating your career and a lot of your coaching strategies to work with introverts. So what do you think about us? What's unique? What's cool? What about us? is special.
1: I think it's a superpower, honestly. And I think we are just coming around to the idea uh, that introversion or being an introvert is something that you should embrace rather than trying to hide from or correct against. And I have been around and worked with so many great introverts from from leaders on down. And I find that, you know, they, they come in many different shapes and sizes and stripes. But the the, the universal tendencies that you find is uh, people who are thoughtful people who are not always the first to speak and tend to be great listeners and people who really tend to bring out the best in others around them rather than making the entire experience about them.
0: Mm, I love that. Yes. Thank you. And our listeners, I hope you appreciate that and really heard what Alan said, because that's really something. So as a coach, you're a coach, you're a lawyer, you're a communications executive, on-air TV reporter, anchor, I mean, you've done a lot of things that I think people would be surprised to hear that you are an introvert. I'm not surprised, but Hmm. I think the world would be surprised that an introvert held positions like these. But I personally feel like in all of these positions, you were serving and helping, and there was a purpose. And I feel like introverts thrive best when there is a purpose tied to what they do professionally. But I think some would think that maybe you love to talk, you know, <laughs> just from being an anchor, all of this stuff, being a coach. So do you love to talk or, or or let's talk a little bit about that in your roles as an introvert?
1: Yeah, let's talk about talking, right? I do love to talk. And There is an element of visibility in a lot of the roles that I've done, which, frankly, I don't mind. You could you could call me an introvert with an ego, maybe if you wanted to, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I have worked in nonprofits and government most of my career. So you're absolutely right. There is an element of service in almost all of the roles that I've held. And I, I consider myself very fortunate and privileged for that to be the case. I think what you're naming there runs counter to what you might think of as the socially acceptable or accepted version of what an introvert is. So you know this, and your listeners certainly know this, that we are not all antisocial and quiet and and misanthropic and, and don't like people. There are introverts who have gone on to do some very visible, very important things, and I know that because you've had them on your show. So, I did very visible things throughout my career for a couple of reasons. One, I, I don't mind the attention. And two, pushing myself beyond my comfort zone is something that I've been doing for a while. And I don't know that I actually knew I was doing it consciously uh, the entire time, especially earlier in my career. But I did have a bit of a shyness about me when I was a younger person. And putting myself in front of people and making myself talk to them for a living seemed kind of like a good way to get beyond that when I was a young person and a journalist. So that's one of the reasons why I did what I did. But I also, I, you know, I took on a knack for active listening at that time. And that's something that has served me very well throughout my career, including now uh, as a coach.
0: Mm -hmm. And you're making me think about improv. So, you know, you did improv and (laughs) it sounds like you enjoyed it. And so I had that experience, well, I did not enjoy it. It was a company I was working at where, you know, the president thought it was a good idea as a team-building exercise for us to do improv. I absolutely hated it. I got (laughs) nothing out of it. I hated it. And I would say that probably a third of the people, maybe even half, hated it. And I don't know if the experience differs, you know, depending on what group. Improv group you work with, but I'd love to know. You know, since you're talking about pushing yourself and and this and that, what what did you like about improv, and and how did it help you, or does it help you in any way? And would yeah. you recommend it to introverts?
1: Well, the the honest answer is what I liked about improv was not uh, not a ton. Some things, but not a ton, and it was not an overwhelmingly positive experience for me. Okay. So, wouldn't go so far as to say I hated the whole thing. And what I got out was pretty much what I was expecting, which was a pushing of the boundaries of comfort. And, you know, in in coaching, we take whatever the client gives us and we run with it. And in improv, you do the same thing with your fellow performers. And you yes, and you never shut them down. You never say we're going to go in a completely different direction, or you're wrong. And that I appreciated. And otherwise, you know, I worked with some crazy talented people in my improv class and I was not one of them. You know, in addition to being probably 20 years older than most of the people who were in the class with me, I was set apart by the fact that I just I I didn't I was not really into the performative aspects of what we were doing there. And the the physical activity, the pantomiming uh, made me deeply uncomfortable. I wanted to go hide after I did that. And. And I think you can probably appreciate this because of where our energy comes from. This was, you know, a class that took place past 9, 9.30 at night. What? In the city, commuting <laughs> down there from the suburbs at the end of the workday. Oh, my God. And, you know, you... <laughs> After a long workday of interacting with people, we need to recharge our batteries. Right. We need to get that energy back rather than spending even more of it sometimes than we have. So it was, it was a depleting experience at times. It was very humbling. But if, if you're looking to get that sense of a yes and, if you want to be able to grab something from a colleague or a client and just run with something completely unpredictable and uncertain, go for it. Otherwise, uh, stay home.
0: I appreciate that. Yes. And I do remember that. I thought that that was very cool. So yeah, I guess I didn't hate all of it. But thank you for, for sharing that. And I read that on your blog about, you know, your improv experience. And, and speaking of your blog, which is very is deeply personal and beautifully written. And I'm, I'm curious about why do you feel compelled to share in the way that you do, and and who is your blog for? Is it for you? Is it is it does it do anything for you, or is it for your your clients, or or who is it for? Who are you writing to or for?
1: Thank you so much. Yes, I I, I think that there is absolutely an element of writing for myself, and I like to think with every post that I put together, I would probably still do it even if I knew nobody was reading, just because I have. Thoughts and and writing has always been a very important way for me to get them out. I was a journalism major in college. I worked on a high school paper. So this has been with me for a very long time. That being said, I have ideas that come up from time to time. Either they're common to multiple folks that I'm coaching or a friend or a colleague raises something. And I feel like, "Mm, hmm, maybe there's a chance that this could help somebody or brighten somebody's day if they hear it. And so I put that out there. It's it's also a good way of people getting familiar with me a little bit more in case there's a chance they'd like to work with me as, as their coach someday.
0: Mm-hmm. I can see that because you definitely get some idea of who you are by reading your blog. I wanted to ask you, some introverts including me, are often hard to read or maybe slower to opening up and sharing. And I'm curious, as a coach, how do you help us get to the place where we need to be for growth or whatever we're looking for?
1: I absolutely love the question because I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you and I'm one of those people too. Mm-hmm. So I'm friendly. I'll have a conversation with somebody on an airplane, mm-hmm. but I, I keep some things in. I'm somewhat reserved, somewhat hard to read. And, you know, I think from your own experience that those of us who can be hard to read can read as perhaps standoffish or oh. perhaps cold or yep. perhaps emotionally distant, yep. even when we're not feeling those things. So for example, It took my in-laws, whom I adore, who, you know, I've been a member of their family for going on 25 years now, quite a long time to figure out that this is just the way that I am. And it's not a reflection on them, given that they are, for the most part, very extroverted, emotionally expressive people in that house. Mm -hmm. I'm sure many of your listeners can relate to that story. So I've been there is the short answer. And so it really depends on what is called for in a situation by a person that I'm coaching. And it may be that I'm coaching an introvert and we have no conversations whatsoever about emotional expression or being reserved or putting ourselves out there. But if that's a focus, if that's something the client wants to work on, I think one of the things we would start with is finding those areas where it is comfortable, where you do feel like you're at home and you can let the guard down and you can be more of yourself. And then expanding that circle into more situations and more people to achieve whatever the desired result is. Mm -hmm. So if you're living a solitary life, if you feel closely connected to the people around you who you want to have close and that's all good, there's really nothing to work on. It just depends on what you want.
0: I love that. Is there in your coaching business, do you work with just introverts or do you work with anyone?
1: I work with anyone and I do a fair amount of contract work and uh, it's a little bit more flexible in terms of who comes my way. So, I, I hold the flag out there with the capital I on it. I say, you know, <laughs> you're at home here. You're, uh, you're one of us. I understand, you know, the challenges and, and the superpowers of it. That tends to be most of what I get by way of clients, but but not exclusively. And I, I don't know that I would limit myself to, to saying that, that only introverts could be effectively coached by an introvert either.
0: Mm-hmm. Does personality style matter at all when coaching?
1: For sure. For sure. It it matters because the approach can be different. And, you know, coaching is such an individualized practice that what I will say about extrovert introvert on that front is this. If there are folks in the workplace who are overly expressive and the feedback that they're getting from their bosses or their direct reports or their other stakeholders is, you know, you really ought to dial back on the presence a little bit, give people some more space, some room to talk, that sort of thing. I'm probably not going to be the best coach for that person because most of the people that I've experienced most closely in my own career and through my own experience and also through most of my coaching are, are the other way. They they step into it a little bit more through the work we do together.
0: And I would, I would challenge, I wonder if there's ever a time when the overtalker someone says to them, you should dial back. I, I just feel like, in at least the places I've worked, I think it's just always valued and rewarded, and so it's the other group that are like, you need to talk more, you need to do this, but I, I can't see them telling the overly extroverted, the extra extroverted, that they need to dial back, but that's been just my experience. Um,
1: you know, it, 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 I've, I've heard stories. they did not come my way in my practice, as I should say, and, and I'll also tell you Conversations about coaching in these different areas will often start with how problematic it is that some of these leaders are being given the kind of feedback that they do need to speak up more or they need to have more of a physical presence in the room because of just the, the cultural attributes that are attached to these tendencies and where they came from and, and what the yeah. power structure looks like in our, our culture.
0: Yeah. Well, we are running out of time, Alan, and I wanted to just ask you if you have any advice or tips for introverts specifically?
1: Yeah, be you and embrace it. it. It is it is a wonder. I think the more that we learn about human nature and the more that we come to celebrate differences in the workplace, more and more leaders will come to realize that having a, a solid, thoughtful introvert on your team is a tremendous asset and may, may look to, to add even more of them as time goes by. Yeah. So the other thing is you, you don't have to tolerate conditions in your workplace that are that are counter to who you are, or, or that are asking you to be someone else. So I, I think there's plenty of places you can go that are that are safe and comfortable and inspiring and energetic, that will cater to who you are and what you do best. And it takes a little bit of looking around sometimes, but it's absolutely worth it.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I love that. What a great way to end. Thank you, Alan, for your time, your talent, your treasure with us today. We appreciate you being here as a guest on Hush Valley.
1: I'm so grateful for the opportunity, and I'm glad to have found this podcast that speaks to me, but also so many others like us around there.
0: Thank you. enjoying hush loudly please subscribe and rate us on apple podcast and wherever you listen to us did you know hush loudly has t-shirts yep show the world you're an introvert without saying a word we also have t-shirts for the extroverts in our lives who need us go to hushloudlycom slash shop